The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. You know, this is a, a question where weather has suddenly become the entire ball game. It should be a real advantage to Ron DeSantis. Here's the guy that has been building an organization longer than any other campaign. He's got the governor on his side who's got a built-in organization. This is why you build an organization is when the weather drops unexpectedly. Are you going to get your people out, right? So in theory, this is all actually, I think, setting up really well right now for Ron DeSantis. You have to see, you have to see what's outside. We have a lot of people here. If this is any indication, the storm has had zero effect. Zero. This is uh, tremendous. A lot of what we find from these Trump supporters are that they are first-time caucus goers. These are people who are not necessarily part of the process. Typically, they are coming out to be new voters. Maybe they're younger. Maybe they're new here. Maybe they were politically disengaged. But all of the Trump supporters I've talked to since I got on the ground here in Iowa more than a week ago now have been telling me versions of the same thing. There is no temperature too cold for them to get in their cars and go vote for him, caucus for him on Monday night. One of the things that's been so stunning to me is the crazier things he says, the more people seem to embrace him, according to these Des Moines Register polls. It's sort of a difficult situation for the Republicans. They have this man who needs to win at all costs, basically to stay out of prison. And at the same time, he's such a personality. He's a narcissistic sociopath. And he he is not going to let anyone else win without trying to destroy them. I'm on the opinion side, so for me, it's a lot easier. I can just get my opinion opinion. side. It's very hard as a straight reporter who is meant to appear nonpartisan to cover something like this. And that is why these straight reporters need to be, and Margaret Sullivan talks about this a lot, pro-democracy. They need to focus on democratic norms, right? And to explain when one candidate is flouting those norms. And that's what we see with Donald Trump. I mean, you know, when I was watching those clip, that clip reel, I was thinking about all of the institutions that Donald Trump has attacked and degraded, right? From the mainstream media, to academic, to, you know, universities, to voting mm-hmm. itself, right? I mean, the man has, ha, ha, you know, he's declared open season on democracy. There's the Vanity Fair lady reappearing on uh, the Trumpet Daily. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. Pretty cold day for uh, a lot of states in the Midwest, including Iowa. Today's the day of the Iowa caucus. There's a shot just outside of our studios right here in Edmond. Not a lot of snow, but lots of uh, frigid temperatures to be sure. The live video, that's uh, at TrumpetDaily.com and you can get to it every weekday morning at 11.05 Central Time here, uh, here in Oklahoma. Uh, also our Rumble channel, that's rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. You can join in on the fun at Rumble, leave some comments, and of course, leave us the thumbs up as well. Lots to get to on today's show. Really, uh, a very revealing and disturbing uh, article. 
coming out from uh, NBC over the the weekend. I mean, it, it shows on the one hand, it shows that they are very, very concerned. The deep state, the administrative state, they're very concerned about Donald Trump returning to office and they're taking steps now, right now, to be able to handcuff him so that he can't carry out his presidential duties or responsibilities. And they're admitting it openly. They're, they're saying the quiet part out loud. As I say, it reveals a lot about what they think heading into. There was one poll uh, Sam showed me this morning, a national poll showing Donald Trump up by 8% over Joe Biden. I mean, the lead, he just keeps stretching the lead. And it could be, it could be by the time we get to November that you just can't cheat enough to pull it out of their, of their hat again, to steal the election, to rig the election this fall. And so are they already taking steps to, uh, to have a plan in place to undermine President Trump, just like they did the first four years, as I say? It's, the, it's NBC, and it's NBC saying the quiet part out loud. This was one of the tweets it sent out before the article. It says here, a network of public interest groups and lawmakers nervous about former President Trump's uh, potential return to power is quietly devising plans. Listen to this. Quietly devising plans to foil any effort on his part to pressure the U.S. military to carry out his political agenda. I mean, look at this. Joe Biden just started bombing Yemen last last week without any prior rep- approval from Congress. But with respect to Donald Trump, they don't want him having the control that a president has, the ability to act in some cases unilaterally. This is the deep state basically saying, look, we're going to do everything we can. To, it wasn't but two seconds ago, remember, that the, the deep state didn't even exist. It was a conspiracy theory. But here, NBC, they love this. They're proud of this. They're working behind the scenes to foil. That's their word. To foil a Trump presidency. Richard Palmer wrote about this in the brief this morning. The deep state's preparing for Trump, a Trump win this year, according to an article from NBC over the weekend, saying the quiet part out loud, the article stated that, quote, bracing, it's bracing for Trump's potential return, a loose-knit network of public interest groups and lawmakers is quietly devising plans to try to foil any efforts to expand presidential power. It's just unbelievable. What they, they talk openly about insurrection. Here's the rolling coup as it continues. They talk openly about Donald Trump being a threat to democracy. Where is there any language like that in an article like this? Talk about a threat to democracy. Talk about undermining the will of the people. If he gets back in, presumably it's because the more, the more Americans voted for him. NBC says Donald Trump is sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon, that he would convert the nonpartisan U.S. military into the muscular arm of his political agenda as he makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances that underpin the nation's two-century-old democracy. Here, there were no wars to speak of during his first term. (laughs) Biden, I mean, he's just firing away. 
There's wars all over the place. And they're worried about what Trump might do. It says here, a circle of appointees independent of, that's, that's the administrative state for you. <laughs> yeah, now we're independent. Listen, we're not political one way or the other. No, no. Mark Milley, he's not political. No. No. And I like how the, the talking head, she used to be, she used to be Biden's spokesperson. And she's up there saying the crazier, the crazier things he says, the more, the more it increases his poll numbers. She, she sees herself, you see, as someone who's definitely unbiased. She's above the fray because she's a commentator. She's a hack that works for the Joe Obama administration. Now she's on MSNBC. It's the same thing. It says here, Trump has raised fresh questions about his intentions if he regains power by putting forward a legal theory that a president would be free to do nearly anything with impunity including assassinate political rival. Yeah, he's just been out there saying, as soon as I get back, I'm going to start, I'm going to start killing my, my rivals. These people, they have lost their minds. They have lost it. So long as Congress can't muster the votes to impeach him and throw him out of office. Here, Obama, as I said last week, all those drone strikes, even, even at American citizens that were given no due process whatsoever. And Obama just... Took him out. Killed fellow Americans. Listen to Donald Trump. I mean, he's in Iowa over the weekend. The caucus is today. It didn't slow him down. He's looking pretty good in the white baseball hat, by the way. But he gave a speech. This was in Indianola, Iowa. And, and listen to what he said about just what, what he and his administration has been going up against since 2016. Clip 16. Since 2016, you and I have been in this battle side by side and together, and we've been taking on the entire corrupt system in Washington like no one has ever done before. I had no idea it was this corrupt. It's really bad. It's bad. We got rid of Comey. I did a lot of things. Uh, this is a man right there that, no, we did a lot of things. Getting rid of Comey was a great thing. That was a wonderful thing for our country. And uh, lucky we did. Uh, we might not be standing here right now. They had some bad plans. But that didn't work out too well for them. And now look at us. We're leading. By the way, we're leading in the polls by a lot, not just this poll. We're leading nationally. Uh, one just came out. We're at 71 to 9 and 11. <laughs> you ever notice the fake news? They go, Haley is surging. She went from 8 to 11. I went from 66 to 71. And DeSantis went down two. So she overtook him by one at 11. And the story is, Haley surges. I'm at 71. She's at 11. He's uh, exactly right about that, by the way, which is why I, I don't know what to expect following today. There is the, the blizzard conditions. One would think Trump supporters are going to be a lot more enthusiastic than Haley supporters. There's, there's stories coming out about how Democrats are going to vote for Haley in uh, Iowa and New Hampshire just to try to give her a boost. I mean, that says a little something about the uniparty, about the administrative state, about anyone but Trump. Get Trump. But it'll be interesting if you could, just like he said, if Haley's supposed to get 11% and she ends up getting 15 or 18%, you know how they're going to cover it. She is surging. Well, she, she definitely has the backing of the, the donor class. 
Just got to get her in there. She's, uh, you know, she's like George W. Bush. We'll be happy with that. That's a lot better than Trump. Anyone but Trump. This is from that uh, NBC piece. Sundance had some comments on it. NBC published an extensive article outlining how the D.C. administrative state is responding to the potential for another President Trump victory. He says, once again, a very specific name surfaces who's part of the organizational effort to stop Donald Trump. That's Mary McCord. The, the deep state, they're, they're uh, unleashing all of these women who hate Trump. They're cut, they're cut from the same cloth as that Vanity Fair lady. It says here, this is quoting NBC, bracing for Trump's uh, potential return. Well, this is the quote I gave you earlier. It says, those taking part in, an, in, an, in the effort told NBC News they are studying Trump's past actions and 2024 policy positions so they will be ready if he wins in November. That involves preparing to take legal action and send letters to Trump appointees spelling out consequences they'd face if they undermine constitutional norms. So the lawfare is to continue. It's looking, with respect to the four indictments, it's losing a little bit of steam thanks to people like Fannie and Tish. But, but their intent on continuing in one way or another these, uh, these attacks, this persecution aimed at all things Trump. From the American Thinker, it says, Mutiny is on the menu should Trump win again. That's according to an allegedly secret plan. Now it's all out there in the news that's being widely trumpeted on NBC News for the military to refuse to follow orders from Trump. It says, finally, part of this is pre-election posturing, but part of this is entirely consistent with the post-Obama, the post-Obama military. Yep, the dear leader. He set it all up. It's all in place. He himself stayed in D.C. He's there pushing all the buttons, ordering the, uh, the coup attempt, the strike, the insurrection. This is from Spiked Online. It says, Biden's response to Trump's current lead is now becoming clear. He's decided to frame the 2024 election as a choice between democracy and tyranny. Here's another article talking about when, when Biden's going to go full Hitler. I think he's pretty much already there. The comparisons to Hitler, they're all over the place. And it says here Biden is likely to double down on this message in the weeks ahead. A message similar to, you know, what he gave in Philadelphia last year with the demonic red background. Really creepy stuff. Top to bottom. And now the insurrectionists, they're plotting. They're plotting behind the scenes. I mean, this, this should be a story that's getting a lot of attention. But it's getting attention for the wrong reasons. They're, they're congratulating themselves. They can't help themselves. It's like the Time Magazine article following the election steal in 2020. They had to lay it out there, say the quiet part out loud. Yeah, this is how we uh, pulled off the steal. And we had, we had the foot soldiers ready to take to the streets just in case it didn't work. Or even before the election. Remember they talked about the red wave and how that that would change as you stretch the election day into election week. And sure enough, they did it. 
It, it was a red wave at the start. And then people went to bed that Tuesday night and woke up to the miracle Biden spike happened at 3 a.m., 3 in the morning. Are they not going to be able to pull that off again this time? Well, here comes NBC to reassure you that, look, the, the deep state's ready for this. We are ready to resist. Then you watch protesting and all those things. Then all of a sudden, the, the regime media is going to be out there saying, hey, we've got to be violent. We've got to get our, it, we're going against Hitler. We're going against Adolf Hitler. Listen to this. Despite all this, as I say, you look at some of these polls, you look at what's happening to the country, whether it's a poll about Biden or one about Trump or both. Biden, for his part, he's, you know, he's off on vacation again. Um, The defense secretary, there still are mysterious circumstances surrounding his health. And then you've got another war now added to the mix. Listen to the fake president saying, that uh, our freedom is at stake. Again, he's going to ramp up this message the closer we get to November, clip 11. Think about this. The idea that you can be told that you can't read certain books. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. These guys are afraid of the truth. The speech I made at Valley Forge was about how democracy was at risk. I just spoke at AMA Church here in town. And the whole point of my sermon was that our freedom is at stake. I mean, literally our freedom is at stake. Literally. Yeah, Trump's bringing book bans with him, among other things. So it's the fight between freedom and tyranny. That's how he's going to frame it. Listen to him as he tries to frame <laughs> the economy, the, the Bidenomics, in a, in a way that tells you, hey, everything's perfect. It's never been, uh, never been better. Clip four. You've got the best economy of any economy in the world right now. And that literally is true. But people turn on the television and what do you hear? Everything's negative. Even the good stuff ends up negative. Or, and a lot of it is negative. But I really do believe in the hearts and the guts of the American people. And they don't believe in him. They certainly don't. They certainly look at some of these polls. This was from uh, ABC earlier today. Just 28% of Americans think that President Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve another term. Only 28%? Listen to this, I think from uh, NBC, clip six. They, they aren't improving. In fact, they seem to be going the, in the other direction. Our poll this morning has Biden's approval rating at 33%. That's historically low, low for him, low for an incumbent president at 15 years since we see numbers that low. And on the economy, it's even actually worse. Only 31% uh, say that they approve of Biden's handling of the economy. And only 28% believe he's competent or that he has the mental sharpness to carry out another term. 28%. On the other hand, (laughs) listen to the, again, the polls coming out uh, showing that people are enthusiastically supporting Donald Trump. That would be the bad orange man, clip seven. Put this Trump lead in some perspective here. First of all, the 48 percent that he's registering here, that is the highest share for a Republican candidate in a final Des Moines Register poll 
ever. That surpasses the record of 43 percent from George W. Bush on the eve of the 2000 caucuses. Bush won those caucuses. Also, the margin, Trump 48, Haley 20. That's a 28 point margin. That is also the biggest margin in a final register poll, also breaking a record of George W. Bush of 23 points when he won the caucuses in 2000. So that Trump lead, we haven't seen that before. Historic numbers in both directions. Historically low for the fake president and historically high for Donald Trump, who's in Iowa, as I say. We'll get the results tomorrow and see how that this first uh, state plays out. Last week, I told you about the the story of uh, his evangelical support. Just people in droves, religious people, Christians in droves coming out in support of Donald Trump, who's supposedly got all these sins and has committed all these crimes. MSN, it says, for years, white conservative evangelicals have played a crucial role in determining who wins the Republican caucuses that kick off the nominating process. And this year, they're showing strong support for Donald Trump, according to interviews with Republican voters, strategists, and Christian leaders across the state. It says the decision in some ways reflects a shift from the kind of late-breaking underdog candidates they have embraced in the past who had deeper roots in Christian churches and Trump's enduring dominance across much of the GOP spectrum. A lot of times Iowa (laughs) would surprise a lot of people. Maybe it will again. Who knows? We'll see tomorrow morning. But judging by these polls, the, the the support looks to be strengthening in, uh, in favor of Trump. It says, in several ways, Trump is an unlikely hero for those who identify as deeply religious Christians, given his history of committing adultery, promoting falsehoods, and so here you go, <laughs> and uttering vulgar comments and insults. Keep in mind, as, this, as they're writing this about Donald Trump, the insurrectionists are plotting the coup and NBC is excited. NBC is really excited. All of these administrative staters, they're working behind the scenes to foil, to thwart the the forward progress of uh, a suspected Donald Trump presidency. Just in case, it's got to be the, you know, the struck and page backup plan. More lawfare. The support has gone from begrudging to enthusiastic. Many evangelicals now see Trump as their champion and defender. How about that? How do you explain this? You know, one of our news gatherers reminded me of Acts 5. You know, when you had this demonic resistance to what the disciples were doing. Spreading the truth. Reaching out to this world. And all these hateful, vengeful, jealous members of the opposition, you could say, just fighting them every step of the way. This is Acts 5, verse 38. Refrain from these men. This is Gamaliel speaking. He was a a scholarly Jew of his day, but he had enough sense to say, look, if this is is of God, nobody's going to stop it. So just let them carry on and do their thing. Refrain from these men and let them alone, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. 
But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. You're not going to overthrow it if you're fighting against God. I mean, you look at the persecution coming from every sector of society against Donald Trump, and then knowing, too, what 2 Kings 14 says about there being no helper, God's going to have to do it. God's going to have to put him in one way or another. God's going to have to remove some, uh, some of the resistance. He's going to have to crush the Antiochus administration some way or another. Just so, just so that Donald Trump has a little bit of room to breathe. Just so he has a little bit of room to operate. That's again, that's in 2 Kings 14. And it's all discussed in our book, America Under Attack, if you don't have this, in your library, it's a must read, particularly at this time when quite a few Trump supporters are looking at him as the savior type figure. God, in fact, is intervening just so that we can have one more opportunity to get right with him, to return to him, to turn to him in repentance and faith. From Bloomberg, it says the only problem with being the Republican presidential frontrunner in 2024 is that voters expect a blowout victory. The outcome of Monday's Iowa caucuses, the first fight in the quest for the GOP nomination, looks, looks to be in little doubt. Recent polls shows former President Donald Trump's support among Iowans at 51%, dwarfing the backing of his chief rivals, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. So as I say, we'll see how the numbers play out tomorrow. I mentioned the the Democrat support for Nikki Haley. This is from The Hill. It says, just under half of likely Iowa GOP caucus goers who support former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley indicated that they would make a crossover to the Democratic Party saying that they would rather vote for President Biden over former President Trump. I mean, just think about how revealing that is, that there's quite a few Republicans, quite a few Nikki Haley supporters that have already said, you know, if, if, it's, if it comes down to Trump and Biden, I, I'm not going to be able to, to vote for Trump. I, I'll go with the fake president. I'll go with the one that 28% of Americans think is, you know, sharp enough to actually carry out a second term. That's... Uh, I mean, that's Trump derangement syndrome, if ever <laughs> there was a survey. That shows it. That shows it. I mean, what? I, I just saw a tweet from, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jenna Ellis. She's in the, firmly in the never Trump camp. I mean, she was there. She was there with Rudy Giuliani fighting for Trump. How easy it is for people like that. Or Steve Cortez. or uh, There's all kinds of them that had some sense at one point. But they're so deluded in their thinking now. How did that happen? I mean, it's just like I was saying in class this morning, how wonderful it is to, to know what we believe and that it's based on the immutable laws and truths of God himself. As I was saying in class, I mean, just, just the, the verse Revelation 12, 9 alone, just going in, if you, if you know that the devil 
is the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and verse 4. If you know that, and then you know that he's deceived the whole world, that's, that's both of those verses right out of the Bible. But just think about how that informs you. And, and then all of a sudden you look at the world differently. And then you can understand why it's just, it's just off the rails. Why there's so much evil and corruption. Satan is the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2. 2. But, but see, a lot of people, even in the world of traditional Christianity, never mind what it says in Revelation 12, they don't believe the world is deceived. They certainly don't believe that the world of Christianity is deceived. How could it be? There's so many people that believe it. There's so many people that consider themselves to be Christian. I mean, these are things that really did motivate Herbert Armstrong to study the Word of God, to reason together with God, as it says in Isaiah 1, so that, so that they could see, so that he could see what God wants to reveal. It, there's a thick darkness that's set in, and it's just getting darker and darker and darker. I was pointing out last week in one of my classes that you know, you, you could go back 150 years or so and read the New York Times or see a headline that acknowledged that the tribes, the ten tribes of Israel, the lost tribes, were in fact lost. And there was even speculation. Maybe it's the Afghan people or maybe it's the Native, Amer Native uh, Indians that uh, those New World explorers encountered. And, and of course, that's not right. U.S. and Britain in prophecy lays the truth out there for all to see if you're willing to dig into it. But my point to the class last week was that at least there were people acknowledging, like Jesus said in, in Matthew 10, that they were lost from view. Once they were taken into captivity, once, once the Assyrians carted them off into captivity, just removed them out of their land, where did they go? Well, Jesus said, Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 10, go to the lost sheep. And so that's why when you get to Acts 15, as soon as you're done with that, that ministerial conference there, then the, most of the apostles just disappear. And, and the rest of the book, the second half of Acts, is about the apostle Paul's ministry. Why? Where'd the other apostles go? Well, they went after, as Jesus told them to go after, the lost sheep of Israel. They actually went in the northwesterly direction, into the heart of Europe, even into the UK, what, what is today Great Britain, or I guess Little England, depending on how you look at it. I'm off on a little bit of a diversion, but my point is that you have to have this, this bedrock foundation in order to even understand this world. Jesus said, watch and pray always. So watch world events, and, and by praying always, of course, you're bringing God's perspective into watching world events. And so then we can see, it's so amazing, the detail. The detail that, I mean, pick a prophecy. The, the Jeroboam detail. You go back in history. I mean, before Jeroboam and Rehoboam even came along, Solomon... You, you can read it in 1 Kings 11, but Solomon got into just horrible sins. He, he brought so much filth and idolatry into what was a blessed and, and, and thriving kingdom under the early part of his reign. And God said, all right, 
I'm going to punish you. I'm going to punish you with the rod of men. And you're going to lose the kingdom. I'll wait until after you die. But they're going to, most of Israel, they're going to follow after a really impressive man, a really impressive looking leader. His name is Jeroboam. But, but I'm going to reserve, I'm going to, I'm going to save, I'm going to save the throne of David and Jerusalem for David's sake, because I made a promise to David that that covenant, that that Davidic covenant would continue on forever. And to see how God was able to punish Solomon on the one hand, most of the most of the, the kingdom of Israel split apart and went after Jeroboam, except for Judah and Benjamin, a little bit of Levi. But it was a much smaller kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. They, they very nearly decided on Judah as a name for Israel when they created the Israeli state back in 1948. And that would have been more accurate because... That the Jews, like Mr. Armstrong says in the U.S. and Britain, they're one tribe of the tribes of Israel. But what, what about the ones that were lost from worldview? Why? Why did that happen? Why did God allow that? Well, U.S. and Britain in prophecy. I mean, what an eye-opener that particular study is. And then you can see who is Israel and why is Israel's mentioned? The Bible is largely a book about Israel. Just like Herbert Armstrong taught. It's only about other nations or peoples as they come into contact with Israel, for the most part. I mean, that's a mind-blowing truth. Does that mean God favors Israel? In fact, in fact, God is saying, don't follow in the example of Israel. Yes, they had an ideal situation. If they would have followed what I said, they would, have had, they would have had heredity, they would have been protected. If they just would have kept the idolatry out, they could have been an example nation, as it is what has been the history with the Israelite people. Just open the doors and welcome everyone in. Who do you think that is today? Who do you think, who do you think is, carrying, is following in the same path that Israel went in anciently, and that eventually got them into captivity. They lost everything for their disobedience, for their rebellion, for their sin. And God pleaded with them. God warned them. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet, but Israel and then later Judah, they both disregarded those warnings, and they both went into captivity. One went into Assyrian captivity. Judah followed suit. A little while later, 140, 50 years later, they went into Babylonian captivity. Think about how, <laughs> how informed we are in God's church, in God's family, just because of the, the, the bedrock truth of God's revelation. And just, just a willingness to believe 100%. Joel Hilliker was reminding us over the weekend of something my father said about believing in God, believing God just 99% instead of 100, how that that's like a, a spiritual disease. You can stake your life on God's truth. 
on God's way of life, on God's laws, on God's prophecies, on the sure word of Bible prophecy, you certainly can. That's what we want to look to as we, as we consider what is happening to this world. What is happening to the United States of America? I mentioned how that these, these uh, lawfare attackers, how so many of them are now being exposed as the frauds that they are. Listen to this uh, observer, Kevin O'Leary. He was on with uh, CNN talking about Letitia James's case where she basically said, yep, Donald Trump's people, they overvalued their property. And we're going to try to we're going to try to penalize him hundreds of millions of dollars and make sure that he can never do business in New York again. Listen to clip nine. If you're a developer and you've got a building on, on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, five hundred million dollars and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset, and I want you to tell me it's worth $500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth $400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you could possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most. Because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, And you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot. And the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So in this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you've got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. This is what real estate developers do all the time. You're going to have wrangling over the, the proper value of the property that maybe you're holding up as collateral or whatever. That's why they have appraisers coming from both sides. So you go after Trump on this, you literally have to go after every single real estate developer. Who lost money? As he says there, the banks got all their money back and then some with interest. Donald Trump benefited and the New York skyline benefited as well. But you see, you see how the derangement sets in. You see the devil's influence. You see his thinking, his reasoning. It's a, those fingerprints are all over this. It's the same with the other indictments. 91 felonies. 91! Spearheaded by people like Letitia James or, or Fannie Willis. She, uh, I guess she was out on the church circuit yesterday to show some some sorrow or some repent actually to say you know what i've been exposed because i'm a black woman okay racism and it's racism listen to this from fanny willis yesterday clip 10 
black women to be perfect and save the world. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. So his flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child has a message for each of you today. Please find a way to do your extraordinary, God-given assignment and make this community and the world a better place for all of his people. See, we are all flawed, sinners, unworthy, imperfect, damaged, Uh but we are qualified upon his calling. Yeah, we're all flawed, and we should be allowed to stumble, unless you're Donald Trump. Unless you're Donald, if you're Donald Trump, you can't even take out a loan without being harassed. You can't move a set of boxes around. Even though the Presidential Records Act says that you can. You can't, if a woman comes from 30 years in your past and says you had some kind of an encounter at a department store and you don't, you have no idea who this woman even is. She is to be believed. Now, she can have flaws. This woman here can have flaws. Sure. And she needs mercy. She needs, she needs the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But Donald Trump, now that's altogether different. He is Hitler. He's Hitler. They're going, they're going in full Hitler on Donald Trump. Even as they talk, in this case anyway, about mercy and compassion and love and patience and kindness. I should be allowed to stumble. I should be allowed to commit adultery and to pay this guy out of taxpayer funds and travel the world, even internationally with him, on the money I gave him from taxpayers. That, now that's, that's fine. But listen, be careful. If you're going to come after me, just know I'm a black woman. And I could easily charge you of being racist. Victor Davis Hanson title. Lawfare against Trump is running out of gas. Well, surprise, surprise. Is he getting some help from somewhere? Remember remember how giddy they were when the, the indictments just came rolling out one after another after another? That was, uh, what, the early part of last year? And they were so excited. And then they, they added it all up. Wait, this is 91 felonies because... If he moved 40 boxes, I mean, we could, get it, we could get him on each box that he moved. And then it put, add up the numbers. All, all the charges put together, 700 years in prison. Remember all that? Now look, we should dispense with the tired narrative that four conscientious state and federal prosecutors independently and without contact with the Biden White House or the radical Democrats in Congress all came to the same disinterested conclusions that Donald Trump should be indicted for various crimes and put on trial during the campaign season of 2024. It's so obvious now. Coordinated by Joe Obama, coordinated by the dear leader, Barack Hussein Obama. 
The prosecutors began accelerating their indictments only once Trump started to lead incumbent Joe Biden by sizable, sizable margins in head-to-head polls. Moreover, had Trump not run for the presidency, or had he been of the same party as most of the four uh, prosecutors, he would have never been indicted by any of them. Never would have happened. That's right. Then he, then he would have been allowed to stumble here and there, as long as he doesn't run for president. It says here, yet now they are in a doom loop of discovering that the more they seek to rush to judgment before the election and gag Trump from speaking publicly about these star chamber proceedings, the more he rises in the polls. It's backfiring, says VDH. It's backfiring. And in some ways, it's, it's back, backfiring in spectacular fashion. It says, rather they serve as force multipliers for each other. Each overreach geometrically increases the dangers to democracy, evermore turns the public off, and ironically cascades sympathy and poll numbers for the very target of their paranoias. (laughs) Sympathy and poll numbers for the bad orange man. See, people look at his stumbles and uh, they see his strengths as well. But people can see right through these people like Fannie Willis. She gets caught. All this corruption. And uh, yet she's, she's out there crying victim. She's claiming victim status. Because she's a black woman. And she should be allowed to stumble. She should be allowed to pay her boyfriend hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's no conflict of interest there. She should be allowed to travel the world with her boyfriend on on a taxpayer-funded excursion. She should be allowed. But not Donald Trump. He's held to a different standard altogether. He talked uh, in one of his speeches over the weekend just about these, these radical leftist judges that are harassing Donald Trump and MAGA supporters. And then how you never, you hardly ever see that coming from uh, the other side. Where, where is there a, you know, where is there some kind of law enforcement official that would go in hard after Fannie Willis? Given what allegedly she's done. Here's Donald Trump talking about the judges in America today, clip 13. There's a radical left judge, Kaplan. There's a radical left judge appointed by Clinton. And that's the way it is. The Democrats play that way. The Republicans don't. Uh, Republican judges, in all fairness, they want to be, they, they go overboard. If I appoint somebody, they go overboard to give the other side the benefit of the doubt. Okay, absolutely overboard. Whereas the Democrats, if they get appointed by Obama or Biden, they, they're down and dirty. They, they say, I don't care. It's a whole different thing. And people can say that's not true, but it's totally true. Uh, Republicans, they want to go out of their way to show that they're not influenced or they're not biased or that they're fair and they're really hurting our country. They, they're hurting the country because they won't fight, because they lack the courage. Too many, as he says, there are too many spineless Republicans who, who won't go after actual criminals who don't see, who won't look at, or who turn a blind eye to actual criminality, criminal behavior, whether it's at the border, 
or, or stealing. Or add your list of crimes. They get away with it. So many of these radicals, they get away with it. And when they are exposed just a little, just a little tiny, tiny bit, they say, listen, listen, I should be allowed to stumble. When we come back, we'll go, we are going to conclude today's show with a few emails that have come in in recent weeks. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us, td at thetrumpet.com. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Do you believe the United States of America has been mainly a positive force in the world for most of its history? Do you believe that America was at one time a great nation? The United States of America was founded on many biblical principles that were incorporated into the Constitution. This lent to its success and positive influence in the world. But the America of then is not the America of today. To anyone examining the current state of America, this should be alarming. It has been a great nation in time past and is experiencing a temporary resurgence in these end times, but it will only be exactly that, temporary. Our free booklet, Great Again, will explain America's status. It will prove that God has been intimately involved in the rise and resurgence of America under President Donald Trump. It will also explain why God is saving America temporarily, how he was doing it, and what is yet to come in America. There is a spiritual dimension to America's rise and decline as a superpower. This free booklet will explain this dimension and how God will soon make America truly great again. Request your free copy of our book, Great Again, at our website, thetrumpet.com. couple of emails that have come in. Uh, this one I've been meaning to get to for some time, a comment on the, uh, the Celtic Throne performance. And you should know, I haven't talked about CT in a while, but we've got, we've got a performance coming up on February 25th. That's uh, on Sunday evening. And of course, a lot of our performers are hard at work on Celtic Throne 2. There's, there's actually a, a, another one coming out, hopefully uh, about a year from now. We'll see how, uh, how quickly they move through what's going to be a very, very busy 2024. It says here, I've seen some of the PCG's Celtic Throne online at the, the website. Today, I just happened to turn on the TV in Pennsylvania, uh, and it was speaking of uh, showing some dance routines of the new Lord of the Dance. It says, Mr. Flatley shows a new Lord from a new generation. The story is basically about good versus evil. You could tell by the dark colors being worn by evil and the good wearing white, especially for the ladies. It says the new Lord of the Dance uh, does Feet of Flames, a Feet of Flames routine near the end. He's one of only four who can do this particular solo in the world. It says watching the dancers made me think of the PCG's Celtic throne. Of course, good wins over the evil. Bless your church or bless your church and the message. It's getting out to our world. Pretty encouraging feedback there. Uh, Another one here says, I'm very thankful for receiving all the wonderful truth and understanding that God has given me through these past four decades. From Mr. Armstrong, since very early, 
in the 1980s and on to the present with your father, father's faithful and humble beginnings. It says the all-important work of God and uh, that the PCG upholds to the highest standards. It says it is uh, a sure testimonial to the faithful dedication of all PCG staff from the heads of ministry to the volunteers. It says to this comes tremendous uh, responsibility and wonderful blessings for all of God's family in the service of our, God, of our Father and His Son, our King, to His government. Another one here says, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for the, the TD program. Very good as always, but today you put a cherry on top of the cake by giving, uh, by giving the clip of Novax. That's what we call them here. Novax Djokovic. I think the Australia Open is just now starting. I think he came close to almost losing to this, uh, this young kid. In any event, we definitely, we definitely need to get some Djokovic highlights lined up. Let's, let's hope he wins the Australian Open again. This is, uh, again, the email that came in. Concluding with the clip with Novak Djokovic by my favorite tennis player as well. Well, you can join the club. We should start a club. The Joker. This one here says, wow, deeply moved by the Bible study today. Godly zeal taking a, a javelin to spear the sin out of our lives. It says, I remember as a young child regarding the, the, that scripture about Phineas and what he did when this man and woman defied God. I, I thought as a, as a child it was harsh, yet God takes sin very serious in our lives. And now as an adult, I see why God took such actions as that. It says, godly zeal. There are so many ways in our lives that we can have and use godly zeal. Thank you for the hard work you and your staff put into the Trumpet Daily. So grateful for the work of God. So grateful to see President Trump not backing down. In the end, we win. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at TD at the Trumpet. Com. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.